Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Happy Friday, everybody. How's everybody doing? I'm having to do this a different way than what I used to do, so it's all coming off the same size. It's weird. Anyway, happy Friday. Hope everybody's had a great week. I bet you're all looking forward to Friday, too, huh? I know I am. Weekends, weekends here. Do what you want. Sleep in. Clean house. Get ready for the winter or whatever. Whatever it is you're doing. Wherever you are, you have to get ready for the summer, right? Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Carnival Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong and we actually have some new members coming in. But that, what that means is that we're up and down the state. So if you think you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It may take us a while. California is a huge state, right? But uh, we can get to you. And uh, if, it, if we do have to take more than one or two days to get to you, we have mediums on staff. Let's do this thing here. We have meetings on staff who can call you ahead of time. And in, in, in the majority of the cases, if it is a paranormal issue, they can settle things down for you until we can get out there. But bear in mind, we you know, it won't be more than one or two days or three before we can get out there. So, you know, we do our best to reach you. Like, like I said, we have people all over the state. All right, that being said, if you are watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you hear, please feel free to follow. Oh, we're looking for followers. And feel free to leave a thumbs up happy face, heart, because what that does is it helps us get higher in the algorithm of Facebook. Leave a comment to you in the chat room. And uh, that being higher in the algorithm, that means they distribute us out further and new, new, new and fun people see us, right? I mean, you guys are new and You guys are fun too, okay? You're all fun. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't done so already, you're watching from YouTube and maybe you're coming over here tonight from TikTok to watch. If you haven't done so already, Please subscribe. We're trying to build up to that thousand subscriber mark. You know, we're about 318 away now. You know, we can taste it. Uh, we're trying to build that up so we can start supporting this thing, you know, this show. So well, if you can help me out with that and subscribe, that would be great. And if you like what you hear tonight, again, thumbs up, happy face, uh, heart. Show me some love, you know, leave a comment. And then again, YouTube works the same way as Facebook with the algorithm. And uh, by doing that, we'll be up higher on the YouTube algorithm as well. Same thing with TikTok. If we were on TikTok, it would be working the same way. Okay? All right. So you can find us on TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us on YouTube under California Haunts Radio. Uh, Cal, you know, yeah, YouTube under California Haunts Radio or just California Haunts. And that's YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts. You can find us on Facebook under California Haunts, California Haunts Radio. Sacramento Sears, S-E-E-R-S. You can find us on Instagram under my thing, Ghosty Gal. You can find us on Twitter under California Haunts. And you can find us on Twitch under CalHaunts. So uh, there's multiple ways to find us, you know, if you, if you want to contact us for any reason. Also, hello, Lynn. Also, if you have a story idea and we end up, we end up booking the guest for that story idea, I'm going to send you a California Haunts Radio t-shirt. Thank you. 
So there's some kind of, there's there's some incentive right there because we're always looking for guests, and you know we we don't have ideas all the time. So it would help if you guys would submit different ideas on, on what you what you would like to see, who you would like to see. All right, topics. So uh, yeah, that's a big incentive. Anyway, tonight it's Casual Friday. That means it's Nancy Mass Friday, and Nancy and I were talking last week about what we would like to do, and uh, last weekend. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, who it was, but uh, a good friend of mine came over and had a story to tell about something that happened to her while she was in her apartment. And I thought it was really cool, so right away I get on the phone to Nancy and I'm telling tell Nancy about this. And, um, yeah, so we took it from there. That's why we're talking about portals and openings to the other side. I have a friend who lives, who, who, I don't know if she still lives in Woodland, California. And she rented this house. I think she rented it. And knowing that I was a paranormal investigator, she came to she came to work with me because she uh, she she was one of my employees when I was a city editor at the uh, paper movement. And she told me a story about walking across her house, and and all of a sudden she hit like a heat pocket in her house, and she said that she wasn't moving like a normal pace. It was like she slowed down and everything around her slowed down. Now, was that a was that a portal, time shift, whatever? But that that happened in her house. And then when she moved to a different area, you know, when she walked to a different area in the house, she was fine. But this particular area, she was walking, and then all of a sudden she found herself going really slow, but like, like a you know like a TV that slowed down to six twenty. That was mad, right? So that's a story that I heard you know quite a few years ago about this. But uh, we're going to talk about the other side, and uh, there's some unique stories about it. Some unique stories about it. And from what my friend, you know, it's funny, from what my friend told me last weekend, and she described the feeling she had when, when she did this, it was like a uh, jello feeling. It kind of reminds me of Poltergeist when they brought Carol Ann down, in, you know, into the bathtub, and all that, that pink jello stuff came down with her. So I, that's the first thing I thought it was like Carol Ann. Anyway, Nancy's done her research. She's got a big stack of papers sitting over there. And uh, just remember, when the smiles are going, the arms are going to be, the arms are going to be in motion tonight, and we're going to have a good time. We're here to have a good time. If you have any questions or you you, you want to just mention stuff, feel free to, to chat the chat you know with us via the chat room. That's going to help our numbers and all that stuff too. So, without further ado, here we go. Well, good evening, everybody. And I see, uh, I think I saw a Lynn and a Jerry's already. Yeah. You know, everybody's busy Friday nights. And Char says, let's put you on Friday night. <laughs> and I go, wait a minute. My husband's watching sports. There's all kinds of things going on. And um, so it's Lynn, a good I'm, test to see I, how good you are. Does you know, it's like those TV shows back in the old day where there'd be a really good TV show you'd be watching? This is like real TV, not cable, guys. I mean, it's way too yeah. cool. And yeah. you would always take your favorite TV show because it was doing well. It would always be one that was doing well. And then they'd run it against like Monday Night Football or something like that to see if, to see, to see if they could, you know, keep the ratings up on that particular night against yeah. the ratings thing. I never thought of Friday night as being the top hitter, but I'm so thrilled when someone shows. <laughs> and Lynn and Jerry, thank you, sweeties, for showing up. I'm not positive I recognize Lynn's name. Uh, of course, I don't always get in the chat room. So if you're new, hello, dear. Hello. Uh, One we're thing in Northern I have California. to add before what? we get started, 
Esses barulhos têm memória tão alto, não vai dizer assim. I got a hold of it, I'm not gonna say how today, but I came in, I came in contact with Cookie Bark. Co what was that? Cookie Bark? Cookie Bark. And I've never had, like, Cookie Bark. Okay, picture this in your head. And, you know, I've been talking to my dead mother for like an hour now, talking to her about this stuff. It's like this. Like, like Nancy You've been says, talking to your mother and didn't join, uh, join in with because me. Nancy, yeah. Because like Nancy says, they no longer have taste buds. Well, this is something my mother would have just gone head over heels for. I can tell you that. <laughs> so I'm eating this stuff and I'm describing it to my mother. <laughs> the whole time I'm eating it. Right. So what this is, it's chocolate chip cookie. Ah, cookie that's why you were distracted. They, <laughs> yeah, say, then, they put, then they put white chocolate on the top and they put dark chocolate on the top. Wow. And there's a hint of caramel. Oh, oh my gosh. I haven't had any cookies for weeks and weeks. Where, is, where has this been in my life? You know, and I could just picture my mother sitting there. <laughs> I don't know how she was. Right? So yeah, so I was, I was telling my mother about it. I said, I'm doing this for you. You know, I'm sacrificing eating this stuff. <laughs> big, sacrifice. big sacrifice honey <laughs> I, got, I, I just put my face on and i got eyelashes my eyes make me laugh and the eyes will water up um that movie tv series uh ghost they have yes. a lot of bright things in there i i kind of enjoyed it and one of the things that it's very well they're always asking them to cook something and right. enjoy it and they can smell it but they can't taste it and that is so true. Over the years, I think I mentioned this on an earlier show, how many times a spirit person will say to them, have them a cup of coffee for me or have a go out to dinner. And they'll say even a restaurant, Italian or Mexican foods, Mexican foods popular for some reason. I think it's because all the spices and stuff, Italian right, foods, right. Spices. Uh, French bread uh, kind of surprised me. Know. Over the years, French bread comes up a lot. I don't eat French bread with garlic on it. Just something I, I probably wouldn't think of it, but I would think of coffee. Um, yeah. A lot of things people seem to think, oh, why did, of course I want that. I don't eat pastries and cake and pies and just don't. And so wouldn't think, I wouldn't think of it, but you, you would yeah, have I to think. I don't eat stuff very, I really, uh, you think I would eat it a lot because I talk about it, but I really don't eat sweet stuff a lot. So when I get a hold of something sweet, it's like, I'm like my mother, uh, I'm ravenous, you know? Enjoy it and tell them what it tastes like. You betcha. Yeah. Yeah. The second I pulled I, this out of the bag and I, I bit into it and I went, oh my God, this is a mom thing. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see her standing there. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> They're not aware I know your mom. And, and even as a spirit person, it was, uh, she was quite uh, delightful. <laughs> she still is. The other night, All about three say, nights back, I had a lady, a gentleman called me, the mother passed away. And I was stand, sitting there talking. All of a sudden, the woman started laughing out loud, and and was really. Um, and I started laughing out loud. And my and the lady says, "Yep, that's my mom. She got her laughing." <laughs> all I can say about this stuff is, chocolate chip cookie bark. Where have you been all my life? Wow. I ain't never heard of it. I guess I'll have to. I guess I'll have I never to look heard. It up. Well, I never heard of it either. That's why when I saw it, I thought, okay, what is this? I thought maybe it was a dog <laughs> treat. <laughs> Yeah, I did too at first. I want a couple things to mention, everybody. So I had a friend, I have a friend, and she's more than a client now. She's actually a friend, and she's a writer. 
Um, and so I'm getting back into the writing and all that. So we have a lot to talk about. And I connect with Texas. She has a little writing friend down there. But uh, last night or the night before, my friend went, took a walk. And uh, she lives in Prescott Valley, Arizona. And she went for a walk. And um, let me back up. So she moved to Arizona from Branson, Missouri. And I says, oh, you're going to get into UFO group because Phoenix had uh, March 13th of 97. I think it was they had the Phoenix lights happen. And uh, I sent her off of Amazon and I say, I got one. I should have put it on a pin of a UFO with a little character stick. It's just a little pin about that big. I says, oh, you're going to be involved with UFOs. I just know it. (laughs) She moved to Prescott Valley from Branson. And she's been there about a year and a half. And so two nights ago, she saw, she didn't see, she took pictures of the sunset. You know, when you have great open skies like Wyoming does. And it was a beautiful sunset. It was beautiful clouds, golden, golden everywhere. And she got home and looked at it. She said, call me right up. She goes, oh my gosh, I got UFOs in my pictures. And so I just sent them to Char and Char went, oh my God, I can't wait to get it on. What was it? What was Photoshop, the program? Really, Photoshop and blow them up. I'm telling you, from my eye perspective on this, it looks like flying saucers. Like, like oh, like, yeah. Like what you think of flying saucers with your spacecraft. She, wow. She's from education. She's uh, one of the sweetest souls and very grounded. And she's writing books on Superman, natural and paranormal. And, but she doesn't think of UFOs at all. And she said, I didn't see it until I got home. And it's the same one parked in the sky. Uh, moving just ever so much and she did not see it with her eyes only the camera did and i i uh i'm gonna call her up char and i'll have to discuss what night we want to talk about this so char will put the pictures up and we'll discuss it she'll blow it up and maybe i can get gwen on the phone if she her first name is gwen i didn't give you the last name i don't permission to talk about her yet but i got very excited i did say i was going to share it with char and uh that's very exciting um, but Ken, Mike, maybe we ought to get started on tonight's show. Yes, I have a lot to talk about, about the other side today. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add something because I, I had those two stories to begin with. I have one more story. Okay. I was in the, I was in the Placerville area. With Placerville area? The Placerville area, yeah, the Shield Springs. Diamond Springs. And we were just having, like, I'm not going to say tea, I love tea, but we were having little drinking, you know, just kind of. I can't understand you back on away from the mountain a little bit. Okay. And we had, you know, we were having like little drinkies, kind of kicking back and enjoying ourselves. And what we saw was the ghost of a woman who walked across the yard. And she stopped and she made the motion like she was opening a door or something. And she a spirit? You saw a spirit? Yeah, the spirit. And she stepped up went forward and disappeared. Like she was going to for a doorway. Yay, I love it. All right. Continue. Now, we don't get those um, too often. Remember when I lived up in Hornbrook, California. Uh, No, Black Mountain, Hornbrook, California. I came to town, which was Wairika. And as I was driving around the curb, I saw uh, part of a man walk across the street. And it's one of those registered, register. Okay, it's a spirit man, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, occurred to me, oh my God, he's walking across the street. <laughs> and he was, it, you know, parts of him were gone. And yeah. I, I tried to look back, and of course, I couldn't see him when I turned my head. 
Um, it happens not enough, but it happens in my life. But that was very, very fun. And it's sometimes when you see that movement out of the corner of your eye, you go, okay, who's that? Who's that? You know, and there are people is everywhere. People go, oh, Nancy, you're nuts. I go, well, the thing about being nuts, because I, I do enjoy this. The thing about being nuts is that I see these people. So if I said to Lynn, I think your father's standing next to you and I describe him, how do I know? You know, so Shar and I did a show and there was a dozen people write in and said the first name of what state they were in. I don't need the state. I just like to know where people are calling from. <laughs> and I describe these people and I can't see your culture. I can't see ethnicity at all. Um, and it was very, very fun. After all these years, I, I tell a couple of ladies I talk to quite a bit. I, I can't believe I'm not insane. And I can't believe I'm not making this up. And it's so real. It, it, um, well, you, everybody want to know my name, my story, go to my bio, uh, nancymats.com. And I have another site, Nancy one Mats. There. I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Life with Nancy. Whoop, there's one there. <laughs> you talk a little too fast. My old ears can't hear you, honey. Well, just, first time I met you at the cemetery. I mean, that, that, I, oh. you know, you're like, oh, they're all around us, they're all around us. Right mid-sentence. Whoop, there's one there. So the story, she met me at the Sacramento... Oh downtown Sacramento City oh, Cemetery, yeah, Cemetery 90s, yeah. 96 and she was kind of a punk you know she was in college but she was uh, she's a reporter and so she was doing an article on me doing these tours and uh, I can't help it if I see him I see him if I don't I don't and during the tour one of the reasons we had so many people show up uh, July 150 to the end of October about 250 and it was for six years everybody very, very difficult. I would see these people showing up and the crowd knew I could do this. And I would say, raise your hand if you want me to pick you. And I would pick somebody. I'd slap their hand to energize it. And then I would have them hold it in the air to feel the air, to feel what it feels like to feel nothing but the air. And then I would guide their hand into the body of a spirit person. And every one of them and one time we were around Char and I went, oh, there's somebody. <laughs> so every time we talk about somebody, she would, she always puts her hands up because I'd be so excited to see someone volunteer, a spirit person. Because they'd walk right up to me and go, I want to be next. I want someone to touch me. And uh, I would think, well, that's very odd. Why would they want that? And a lot of couples, spirit couples would come around just to watch. And I had the expression that we're here to watch them. But in reality, they would see a crowd. They'd come and watch us. And they would be kind of mystified. Like, how come she can see us, but no one else can? And right. it's like my, my brain is wired. And I was telling somebody once, I wish, I hope they take the brain out before I'm set to the crematorium. <laughs> because I don't well, think my brain is the same as everybody else's. You know, the wiring is still the off. I was at the Hangout Street Cafe in Placerville. And it was our first trip there. And I was doing a dowsing session. Dowsing? Dowsing? Yeah, people cross over, you know. And the next thing I know, uh, I don't know if it was Karen or who it was, came in and goes, you know, you're going to be here a while. And I said, well, what do you mean? She says, well, they're lined up in the street. Yeah, so they'd like it. They so want I to be recognized. Hours. People want to be recognized. Yeah, I said hours and hours. And hours. Yeah. Um, we're off uh, track, but I, and we are going to talk yeah, about spirit people. Yeah, we're always people, pass over. Okay, no. people can pass over, but they can also come 
back to visit. Mm -hmm. Now we're not talking to the ones that are um, Passover. I'm going to talk about a suicide here in a minute. And we're talking about a young man, teen, who killed himself on the heels of the, his cousin dying in the street in front of the house. Terrible. One of my books is going to be talking about Susan and Jason. And um, I will tell the story in just, just a minute. And that individual got stuck. And then he crossed over. Now, Jason crossed over when he died in the street. But he always came, came back. And you can do that. And I think, why, why would you weld Jason with his mother, of course? And so there's a lot of people who would come back to be with family. And of course, me and who I am, my, my adults, my kids are adults. And then I got grandchildren and a great-grandchildren. <laughs> I'm old. And I told my kids, I said, don't miss me. I'm going to Japan. I'm going to the big the wall of China. And I'm going to do some scuba diving as a spirit person and go into the ocean. And, you know, I want to travel. And uh, I haven't done much traveling in these 33 years I've been doing this. And most people don't realize I was actually 24 years of Pacific Bell. So that's that's a lot of years to work. <laughs> 33 of doing this on the heels of having cancer. I almost died. I was going to die. And then I got divorced because if I'm going to die, I won't be in that marriage, right? A year and a half later, I got into the place of saying, why do bad things happen to good people? I tell people I was so good, I was boring you know, get into 4-H and ride horses and run and raise children, your life is your life, you know, so, but anyway, so I want to get on. I have a lot yeah. of interesting things to talk to you about. Portals and the other openings to the other side. We think of portals, just think about for a minute. What, what, what do you conjure up when I say portals? Well, a lot of people will say Star, Stargate, the movie, TV series, and all the spinoffs. And they create over and over a different portal. Oh, they want to go to a planet. Oh, let's go there and see if my portal works. <laughs> and it would bubble out and then it would come back and it would look like water. I want you to kind of remember that because I have actually seen something that looks like that. And then, um, so that movie Stargate, uh, remember the aliens had left a way to make equipment to create a wormhole portal. Now, the wormhole idea curious gets them from uh, from the desert somewhere else and from the I can't remember the series but they were in a they were in a spaceship going across the cosmos and they had a portal in that that would get them to off-world locations for food and whatever and that was a wormhole but I want you to think of Skinwalker Ranch TV series and Skinwalker Ranch Beyond and they are also discovering portals they just the last episode if you can watch it i don't know where it's re one i i rarely ever watch a tv series because i i don't get to watch them uh i've watched half a dozen of the ghost shows and i want to say that's there's a lot of truth in what they're talking about maybe i should do a commentary on the show we write that down commentary on the show the ghost because i think they have someone like me working on that and uh, there's a lot of truth to what's being said there uh Skinwalker Ranch, I want you to remember in the series, one of the last two shows of this past season, uh, they repeated something of a group of the local Indian peoples, and they happened to be just men, this one group, and they were using drums. And it was at night. Of course, you have to do it at night, right? And their drum would... I don't remember my Indian people had drums. I, I never saw that. Um I have a picture of my grandmother's mother, two, t t two teepees in the corral area outside the house. And she was married to the man in, 
<laughs> she was married to the man of the ranch. So that was kind of fun. I remember seeing these pictures. I went, well, who's there? Oh, grandma is okay. <laughs> great grandma so anyway the drumming was going on and uh on the top of the ridge um i don't know the names of these people so i don't capture names he was saying oh my god look at the screen the computer screen the portal is lighting up the heat is turning and i want you to kind of remember something the universe is made of filaments that vibrate there is a youtube that I saw some time back, and it's called The Music of the Cosmos. See how close I'm on that. And, and type that in there, music of the universe, music of the cosmos, because there's sound in the universe. Everything resonates, everything uh, vibrates. And so in some ways, I say the colors that we wear around us, uh, our energy fields, we vibrate and we're always in motion. And each one of us, at times I say, he sounds different than that person over there. Or he feels different. as because the musical notes resonate against me like that, okay? And so to me, it's almost like music. Interesting way of looking at it, right? So I'm gonna kind of mention that again. And I just want you to think about the water, the vibration, uh, how it feels, and sometimes even music. So the drumming caused the wormhole effect up on the terrace up there. I can't remember what they called it. Um, so they're investigating the possibility of the wormhole phenomena being on the ranch, uh, Skidmarker Ranch Beyond, uh, which I've only seen a half dozen of those also. I, I'm not even sure how many years have been on. They're discovering the same thing. And so about a week ago, my husband called me out. He said, bring your glasses. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how bad I see everybody. But he didn't tell me to bring my phone. I had no idea what he wanted me for because we have property around us and could be deer or something. And I got there. And he says, there's a UFO going over. I went, oh, just like that. And I went, <laughs> I ran in to get my phone for the camera, went out to the front of the house. We have a flat, flat area in the front. And I saw it going that way. And Char, this is we could discuss this too. It was a golden white orb. And so the people on the TV who do this kind of investigation, nature, aliens and all, if they have particular good camera work, that ultra brightness can be uh, taken away where you can see the shape of it. But I got my camera up, it was going, and all of a sudden my husband looks at me and he says, it's gone. And I go, and I had a look, and of course I was looking, looking, he says, I think there's a portal there because if it was shooting into our space, we would have gone up. If it's just going, we would have seen it go into the horizon and it went. Phew. So my thinking is that there's uh, wormholes everywhere. Would that explain also the Bermuda Triangle, why these planes disappear? Not necessarily the boats, the planes. I think that there's a phenomena called the giant wave action. Uh, magnetic zones in the ocean it doesn't explain though all of them but it doesn't explain how come the planes disappear magnetic forces could change everything on the compasses but i think they're also disappearing because of hitting it at phenomena called a wormhole so um wormholes portals uh kind of look the same to me but are different so we're going to talk about that does it mean that the wormhole traverses to another dimensional space uh don't think so but why not i don't know how the peoples from 
a bazillion light years away get to us unless it's a wormhole or do they fold space like in the movie Dune? If they're folding space, then they're traversing into other alternate energy fields or dimensions. I think the cosmos are so strange that we we will have to live a thousand years to get all the answers. That would be very fun, but probably us women would have to have a lot of cosmetic surgery. I would. <laughs> I don't want to be a shovel with a little corona after 900 years. This woman made it 900 years, but look how ugly she is. <laughs> Poor thing. So anyway, I'd like you to investigate Sin Walker Ranch. I'd like you to investigate Stargate and, and that phenomenon of the world whole as they're discovering on these shows. Um, vibration, music, and or tones. Oh, I did find them. So a few weeks back, we did a show where I was talking about vibration and how everybody feels oh i know it was a show and where do you put your camera in looking for ufos and i was trying to explain that if you're in a place where you could learn remote viewing and there's a youtube called learn remote viewing in 20 minutes the shortest one i could find it tells you how to establish a perimeter to narrow down your focus and then i would i gave a couple of quick um demonstrations on how to learn of your energy fields around you. And one of the ideas was learn your vibration, learn a friend's vibration. And one way to do it was with a tuning fork. And I had, I'm not asking you to buy these. I did it because I thought it'd be fun. And they all have a, oops, wrong one. <laughs> what do I hit it with? Okay, wait a minute. Can you hear that? Yeah. yeah. I like that. And it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to put your hands on them. Well, the same thing with um, our vibrations and the wormholes. And as we pass over, all those vibrations are interplayed. Okay, so remember, I'm giving you a lot to think about. But they all tie together in how, um, how everything works. And I think once we figure it out, it's going to be very simple. Um, <laughs> Right, Nancy? Simple for you because I've been thinking about it for 33 years. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I want you to think about Skinwalker Ranch. I want you to think about the wormhole effect. Now, they were showing the wormhole heating up, but what if we were looking down on the drummers and we were standing next to the heated stones that were implying there was turbulence? So my thinking is, is that there was a configuration in the dirt, the land, or a natural portal there. Now, I want you to pretend that it's high enough that you could walk underneath it and look up. Not to be sucked in, I just said, pretend you could look up, what would you see? Well, in the movie Stargate, the portal was actually a metal ring, right? So pretend that's not there. We're gonna look at it this way and, and not the water, but we're gonna step onto the other side and you're gonna be sucked through a like a hose like this but in a portal we don't have the middle ring we have what i considered a inner tube looking width like a big inner tube so it kind of bellows in on itself or whether it folds in on itself or folds out there is a beginning it has to be otherwise how could you enter it how could these ufo people go boom, boom, and they're gone and i don't know that they enter at that point they can enter anywhere they just slip through and go Okay, so there's some kind of, okay, I, I'll let you in, but, you know, don't try to back out. If you go in, you stay in. So if, you, if I could look up, 
I would see like a inner tube, like you jump in the water with, put it over your body. It would be a ring that looked like this. And then you could see the funnel that would go up. Now, spirit people have shown me they've entered a portal just like that. But it's very short. It seems almost immediate. Some people say it, it's black and it, all of a sudden they go into a lighter area. Some people say it's immediate. And I'll tell you a story of immediate. And it seems to be variations for different kinds of people who have different lifestyles or different actions. Now, with that vibration that I was the 24 bring like that, I also believe, and I got a lot of covers, so uh, I meant to mention at the underneath us where you see there's a line of things that more at the end is on the right side just below my visual here and you'll see three little dots if it click on that it will give you <clears throat> a transcribe on the right side of us i think you have to wait until the show's over to hit it and the transcription of everything we say so if, you, if i mention something you can go back and see what i said because i'll be giving you some names um, that you can look up okay <clears throat> Okay, so the wormholes would also dedicate themselves to a particular location. So some wormholes, I believe, will travel an area and others other areas. Okay, so there is a movie called Ant-Man <laughs> and Spider-Man and some of these other things. Remember the guy that could um, put a suit on and I think Michael Douglas was the Hus the father of the girl he lost his wife uh, share with me everybody uh, the ant-man and um, the wasp and this was a very good example is that the wife got stuck in a space of no return it's like she shrunk down to some zeros of like this but going back i believe it was some sort of portal so they entered a space at a place and they could get to that direction now if you remember um, the Marvel people, when they said, we can play with time. They got on this platform. There's like six, seven of them. And they were going to go back and find the, the stones that the big bad guy was going to put in a glove and he was going to zip through. And they all had a destination to go to. They shrunk down and they picked a portal to enter time to go back. Same principle. It's kind of like a wormhole thing. Um, when we pass over, this is going confusing when we pass over the vibration of our bodies, how we lived our life will determine what wormhole we go to, to which platform in the afterlife. Everybody says, oh, you go to the same place. No, we don't. If you remember in the movie, uh, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams, uh, he unfortunately gets killed in a car accident. But it's after his children get killed in a car accident. Totally accidental. Well, the wife is so distraught. And I've talked to families where there was suicide after terrible deaths. And you hear about it a lot. Um, Some will get killed. And then you hear six months later, the spouse has killed themselves. Well, the wife commits suicide. And what dreams may come is a storyline of the man who finds his, it, the children, one thing, but the wife. He's distraught because the wife has killed herself. So it's not the story story of what he encounters on the way to find her it's at the end when he finds her is what i see and i've seen people in what we call torment and i've seen people trying to figure out who they are and how they get to where they're going <clears throat> and it's not hell i've never seen a hell 
everybody says, oh, there's hell and there's heaven. Well, there's an afterlife. I don't call it heaven. I just say it's afterlife. But there's different levels. And somewhere in the Bible, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, I'm actually a minister, did all the studying. Uh, was it Christ that said there's seven levels of the afterlife? So the, um, I don't know if it was Christ. I'm going to get this mixed up and someone's going to slam me for it. I apologize ahead of time. So I believe there's vibrational levels. If if you're so distraught, if you're in as harmony, if you've done blah, 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 or if enough people hate you, they will clamor around you and put your vibration to a lower level. So in what dreams may come, Robin Williams says, find his wife and she's in torment. She is still in the um, visual of her home, but it's darkened and it's terrible, depressed. That's because she's placed her vibration in that place. She dies, she's depressed, she can't get over it. I call it recovery. Someone else would call it hell. I call it low vibration of recovery. And when I tell people someone's in recovery, it doesn't mean it's at that level. It means that until they're up and about and feeling, oh, oh, this is wonderful. Look at everybody I met. I went back and saw, I want to see Cleopatra and Abraham Lincoln. That's my, you know, let me go back in time to the planet to see it. We can do that. But until you recover. So the tuning fork, all those tones, the higher vibration your life is, when you pass over, that's the level you go to. And as you heal, you just automatically blend into the next level. You no longer see the dismal and the dismay below you, you are now seeing the next level up. Now, does that mean the Christ figure or whomever you believe is your God is, you'll see. I feel like you could see them anywhere because we are not going to be blinded to someone that's important to us, but you are stuck in a level where you can't see out because your vibration's low. You said a lot there. I hope you didn't get like, oh, Nancy, you just talked over me here. I can't get it. Um, but there's a couple of um, samples, and I want to make sure I got this. We're already losing a lot of time here. Um, okay, so I want to address real quick the comment about the woman who was walking through a house. I typed up something right here. So when I first started in 90, um, I was born with this condition. And in the 80s, it was very evident. The 70s um, saved my life. Um, I was involved with. Um, Farrell's ice cream parlor, have an ice cream there, got in, sat down, had to leave. I was desperate to get out of there. And uh, airplane flew into the um, ice cream parlor minutes after I had left. In fact, my daughter was in the back seat in the Volkswagen jumping up and down. Mommy, mom, she was three years old, just waving her arms. Look at, look at, look at. And all I could see was a big black cloud in the back. That's how close I was. So I was um, 24 and se <laughs> 73. 72 September. I'm going to get that wrong. That's one of the first times I went, hmm, something different with me. I got home and told my husband I had been there. The next door was a fabric store. And so, um, so anyway, after that, I started feeling things. And when I got into this, one of the things that happened a lot is because I was new at it and thinking about what, what, what was I, I was always walking through people. And when you walk through with somebody, depending on their vibration, you walk right into something thick like jello, like that. So there was this man that was in our house 
uh, I had a group of people over and he came with somebody and I walked right through him. And he said he was interested in me and he was of a military thousand years back. I don't know who he was connected to. I don't think it was me, but he was quite thick. It was like, like that big, like a man, he was standing there. Um, I'm not gonna say egotistical, but he had a full body. And when I walked to him, I went like this. And I, I without a time, that was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Now you can also go through portals. Now, just because you walk through someone's portal doesn't mean you get stuck or you go in the afterlife. But a portal doesn't mean it's in your house. It could be anywhere, but that transversion to go somewhere else is there. So in some ways we're going through people's portals or we're going through what we call the wormhole portals. It's just there. And it's very like that. And a lot of people don't write me a lot of notes, but that happens. And so Char walking through her house, she's got about six people living there most of the time. I'm surprised she doesn't get battered around and fall against all the hallways. It's like, but we deaden ourselves to feeling it. And when you get used to the idea that they're here, these are people without the cumbrances of flesh. They come and visit and we can walk into them. Excuse me, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and all your animals. Thank goodness we don't trip yeah. over them as they walk in front. Huh, Char? Yeah, there's okay, days, uh, uh, days that I'm so exhausted. I, I think because of the portals. You know, I've been told that when you walk through my front door, because I have a fire, an old fireplace, that they can, that, that psychics can actually feel that breeze coming from that particular vortex or portal going down the hallway. Yeah, yeah. And but it can be a breeze awesome. feeling too. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of examples. I need to start talking a little quicker. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, February 92, I had my first experience at the portal and passing over. Now I talk about dead people. It's at, uh, May of 90 is when I started in here. Right away, I was doing readings. I, the first night I entered the spirit of grace, uh, I went to pastor at Ken Keck uh, and his wife, um, Ollie Keck. Uh, they were doing readings and I'd never seen this done. I was like intrigued. And as he was getting information, so was I. So right after that, I started seeing the spirit people around people, but I'd never had experience. And I was doing readings every Friday night for almost 15 years. So I had a lot of practice and, but not a lot of in your face, people are passing over. What does it look like? So February of 92, I had my first experience. I went to Fairfield psychic fair. I did a lot of psychic fairs up through uh, 2003 or four. Um, I, I have permission. This is one of the books I'm going to write is uh, Jason, uh, who I'll mention earlier. I'll mention later on whether his mother, Sue, and this is Pat and her daughter. Um, Pat's daughter passed over in a hospital from cancer. She wanted to know what death experience and who greeted her. So that was February. So the daughter had moved, who moved on a couple months earlier. And she'd heard about me. And so she found me there. And when I was, um, I don't know how to do this. I just do it, everybody. Um, and it's uh, awesome and it's scary. And I always have to be right. So it's like living on a lift, cliff, right? So I put my mind, this is what I call it, putting my mind to her, Pat. And I backed up in her timeline to find the day of her death of her daughter, which was only a few months earlier. And I was um, watching Pat hold the daughter's hand in bed. So I was on the other side of the bed. And her daughter, who was a late teen, was dying of this cancer. And the daughter was halfway out of her body. And she looked at me 
think about that for a second. She looked at me and she says, tell my mother to let go of my hand. So now we're transversing from current to months earlier in time. I've done that before, but it was the first time it whacked me in the head that there's more to what we can do. You know, is this a portal right there that I can go through time? I enter time through someone's energy. I back up and she said to me, tell my mother to let go of my hand. And that came out of my mouth because I was repeating everything I was saying. And I saw the mother Pat kind of go like this. All of a sudden, in that visual, Pat let go of her hand. I know it, goosebump time. So I accessed today, I got the mother because she thought about it. She says, oh, I did hold on too tight, didn't I? She didn't want her daughter to go. She was grabbing her hand, just grabbing her hand. Kind of makes me cry, you know, because I would do it. You know, if one of my children die, you know I'm going to hold their hand. And I do this for a living, right? Don't dare you die and leave me. What was curious is as she was lifting up and she said this to me, her other hand had been reached up and grabbed by what I call a celestial being. And I thought to myself later on, how come it wasn't a grandma grandpa? Is it because she was a teenager? Not enough people had passed over to greet her that she would recognize. And I've heard of this before. So one hand was with mom, her left one, and the right hand was going like this. And the celestial being had held on her hand. Now, your hospital bed is how big and how. So the hospital bed was here, but the portal was encompassing almost the ceiling around and through the underneath the bed. And this woman was reaching through with her left hand, grabbed on her right hand, and she was trying to pull her through. So that's when the daughter said to me, tell her to let go. And that's what happened, let go. And she lifted out of her body and she was left breath type of thing. And as she started through the portal, she said, tell my mother it's beautiful here. It's so bright with a hint of pink. And I looked through, remember, I wish I could tell everybody how to do this. I just do this. I looked through and I saw what I would call picnic environment. There was a walkway, uh, grass with flowers <coughs> and people milling about. Well, you know, a teenager girl hasn't had a lot of life experiences to garner to have anything but that. This really got to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Uh, <clears throat> I cried really easily because it's so impactful to the mother. And I can feel this again because it feels almost like it was yesterday. It was 92, 21 years, 30, what, 31 years ago. So anyway, um, I can see it right now again. I have notes of who she is. I could probably talk to her later on, <coughs> the daughter. Anyway, so I remember that and shared it with the daughter and was very emotional for everybody. But she, the mother, of course, we were in touch and I have many, many stories of other people, the family who got killed in car accidents. It's it's amazing family. Um, I hope she's still alive. I've waited a long time. Uh, so, uh, this never uh, born, never had been born celestial being, we would call them angels. And she had wings. Now, I have never seen wings, and I've seen other celestial beings. They have an 
aura energy field. But remember, this is a teenager. And young people seek pictures of angels because human beings couldn't accept the idea that they could be flying around without the wings. So we put wings on the angels. So all the wonderful paintings. And I see celestial beings. I see angels. And I see stuff. And where are the wings, everybody? I want wings because that's how I want. <laughs> they don't exist. Um, anyway, uh, so I want to get going. Tell mom the a hint of pink. Um, lots of children, beautiful and calm afternoon. I could hear people and children talking. That made me realize all the people that passed over to create this scene for this daughter. They clamored together. It could be old relatives that she had never met. Um, there's a, a doctor that I want to mention. Uh, this happened a few years later that I got hold of a book. And uh, Dr. Melvin Morris, M-O-R-S-E, looked him up on Amazon, Melvin Morris. Uh, looked him up today. He's 70 years old now. So remember, in 93 um, or 4, I got hold of a couple of his books. I read um, Raymond Moody, Brian Weiss, uh, Melvin Morris read all the books so far. He had a couple, and then I saw there was one I haven't read, so I would like to get it. Remus, um, in the book, um, Closer to the Light, uh, I believe it's that one, there was a couple there, and I went, oh, fudge, they're same year. Closer to the Light, and the other one, um, oh, wait, I wrote it twice. So I believe it was Closer to the Light, uh, written in 1990, and um, there was a story of a young boy. It was the first 20% of the book. So it was really soon after I started reading it. And this little boy had a near-death experience. And Melvin Morris ref referenced a lot of children near-death experiences. Um, anyway, so he told the doctor, he said, it was so beautiful, I didn't want to leave. It was so bright, but it had a hint of pink to it. That was the second mm -hmm. reference within a couple of years. And I have all those books around here. Of course, I would like to um, read them all. Yeah, I won't have a thousand books to read, but I am 75 years old. <laughs> I have eight books to write. So I don't know what I'm going to write them all, but read them all. But I was very impressed with that. <clears throat> what that told me was, is I wasn't insane. I'm not crazy. I'm not making all this up. That our afterlife has a hint of pink to it. I, I, maybe that's... The, uh, life force or something. Uh, when I look at people and I try to see their colors or have a feeling of them, I don't see the pink like that. Um, I was really funny. I was hired to um, take the place of somebody who was supposed to be at the Phoenix um, Health uh, Life Psychic Fair type of thing. It was at the convention center. Really hard for me to find. It was a scary drive up there. So I was there for three days reading uh, aura photography. And I found it curious that I did really good and I hadn't done it before. And, um, and the photographer said, the psychic that was there, he says, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to tell her how good she <laughs> But what I was doing was reading not the colors, but the thickness of it. And when I went to an individual, picked up the picture, the story would have a vibration. So remember I said vibration earlier? The music or what I call the music of our energy tells a story. So versus red. Now, red has a lot of molecules that create the color red. Okay. So I would feel it as heavy, remorse, sad, depressed, right? So all those colors have different vibrations that I recognize by all the thousands of readings I've done. 
right? So when you hold up the picture of the photography, they have these feelings. Well, if I go forward, I would say, um, you have some issues coming up, be prepared, bounce out, whatever I say, but I could also go backwards. And so I could feel that difference in vibration. So everything has a, a tone, a vibration, a thickness. Remember the different levels you could enter at different right, in the afterlife. Well, a child, teenager would go to the highest vibration, see? Because she'd been sick for years. She had leukemia or something. And so an innocent would go to the highest vibration. And so that's what I was seeing. And I'm not saying that Mel Morris only chose those people. Um, I was thinking of examples. I think I better keep my mouth shut and stay with that. <laughs> uh, so I would, So I shared with you, he does have um, a clip of that, of him. I found it on YouTube under the um, um, I-A-N-D-S. So type in I-A-N-D-S. Um, and a group will come up and the International Association of Near-Death Studies. And under one of those, you'll find Dr. Melvin Morris talking about his books. Now, I do want to preface, there is an article out saying that he had been um, convicted of mistreating a child. He was convicted and then the child recanted the story. So don't look at one article without going down and finding the other one. He was a very, very nice man. Um, I, I met him. I liked him. I read his books. Um, he deserves the credit for all the work he's done. So mm -hmm. he does have um, near-death experiences phenomena on this YouTube. Um, so it's titled Medical Doctor Studies in Near-Death Experiences Phenomena. But if you just type in Dr. Melba Morris, one that will come up. He's also at the channel of International Association of Near-Death Studies, I-A-N-D-S. <clears throat> Another story I want to talk about, and it's different. Um, I'm covering a lot of stuff. You may have listened to this a couple of times. So I, I was in. I started this in '90, um, and somehow I was able to get myself on a cruise ship, Crystal Harmony, five stars of the ocean. Um, flew all the way up to Montreal and um, Canada somewhere. Went to the Great Lakes. Went through. Um, uh, around New York and all the way through uh, around Florida and did readings in the entertainment area, the bar. <laughs> and it seemed to be um, where people drank. I, I was telling people that uh, the easiest people to drink are the ones who, uh, to read are the ones who drank. So I used to entertain at Old Ironsides, um, Sacramento 10th and S Street, um, which was a lot of fun. I'd get there at 11 o'clock at night and I'd start reading 11, 30, 12 o'clock. And um, people who drink a lot, it's really fun. So on the cruise ship, that's where I entertained. <laughs> and it seemed the one number one thing people ask me is how much money were they going to win because the casinos were on the ships. And I had uh, three weeks of that. And I did find out at that time, I don't travel very well. And my daughter wants to take a trip with me. She said, but how do we get there if you can't fly? And I just can't. I, if I sit in a passenger street uh, seat in a car, I get car sick get me on a plane. I entertained on Amtrak. Halfway there, I started throwing up. <laughs> Bad stomach. Well, anyway, coming back after all that excitement, um, in those years, <laughs> 92, we had an answer machine and we thought we were going pretty good. Come back and there was like message after message of Sue trying to get hold of me. Her son had been killed by a drunk driver. 
and it's a big story. It was very big in the news. Uh, he was a, it was off Watt Avenue in front of Milton Air Force Base, uh, October of 92. You can look it up. And I don't know if I should say her last name, but it's, his name was Jason. And it was right in front of um, Sears Tire Shop. And the house that they were at was across, directly across the street. And he went across the street to find uh, something to take a wheel off the car. So he got killed. And it was a terrible situation. I have lots and lots of stories. But what I'm going to try to get to is what happened next. Um, <clears throat> Sue had been visiting. I can't remember if sister-in-law or a cousin. But it was somebody that had been in her life forever. So uh, Jason was 17. And this boy that was the son of the woman that Sue was visiting, I think was 15. And a few months later, he killed himself. And this happens a lot when you grow up, when you have somebody you love and care for, a child, a teenager. And I tell people we're not emotionally adults until we're 25. Of course, I got married in 19. That's what kids did in the era, right? So this child hadn't emotionally going to a place where you don't kill yourself just because your cousin gets killed, but he did. And so several weeks later, this friend connected with her and said she had seen the boy in his bedroom and see, and the boy seemed distressed. So Sue being very, very intuitive, extraordinary. I should have her on sometime. Amazing. I've tried to get her to be a psychic reader, but like me, she's getting a place where she wants to tire. She's a broker, real estate, um, makes more money than I do. So why should she become me? Right. So anyway, so they, she called me right up. She says, well, how you've helped me. I could talk a whole night on Sue and all the experiences I had with her. It was amazing. Love her. And so when the cousin killed himself, immediately she called me up. She says, okay, my cousin wants me over. I'm going to call her cousin because I can't remember. And so it wasn't like I was excited. I went, oh my gosh, how am I going to help this kid? But I was then thinking, okay, this is what I do for a living. I see spirit people all the time. This is okay. But I was distressed because it's one of the first times I had to do a rescue, which we talk about Bashar. I just connected mm -hmm. with somebody. We should do a show on that too. So Sue said, come on, Nancy, you're going to do this. We got in the car. We went over there. And, of course, I took a breath getting up at the front door. You know, my vibration, I hope it didn't change too much because I was catching my breath. I went, please help me help this boy. I don't want him. And, and I've helped others. I helped a boy who jumped off a cliff. His body hit the ground, but he didn't. He was floating in the air. And I had to figure out how to talk to him. I think that's difficult, right? So I go in the room and soon I walked in and to the left. Before I got in there, Sue had asked her son to show up. Remember, he's dead too. But Jason showed up, and he didn't show up until we got into the house, uh, walk in the front door, and I've done this with Shard a bazillion times, how many homes have we gone into? And I can see it now. I walk in, and to my right is the hallway. So we're headed to the hallway. All of a sudden, Jason shows up to my left, and he follows us behind us. So I walk in the bedroom door, and I walk to my left, and Sue and goes, oh, she's walking over there, so I'll follow her. And Jason didn't come into the room. He stood at the doorway. On the other side of the room was this boy. And I don't know how he killed himself. I don't remember and I didn't want to know. But he was changing his pants. Because unfortunately, sometimes you have to change your pants. Because you killed yourself. And you don't necessarily 
can you hold your uh, body in, right? So as a dead kid, he saw that he messed his pants. And his first thought, after he died, his first thought was, I got to change my pants. And so the mother had come in the room. The bed was still there. The boy was on the other side of the bed. Uh, and I could see him there. It was kind of odd. You're like, he picked a corner. So I hope that if he shot himself there, I, I don't know. But anyway, he was, he was in the corner trying to change his clothes. And I thought to myself, you mean that's the last thing he's thinking of? He's been stuck there for weeks changing his clothes. Ugh, just another that take a breath away. And I went over to where the edge of the bed was. So we had a twin between us, a twin twin. And I, I called his name out and he absolutely ignored me. Hey, you. Hey, I see you. Want to look up at me? You know, I was trying to be a kid to him. I was trying to, because I was a kid 30 years ago, but his mother's age probably. And I was trying to get his attention. I thought, hmm, but Jason's over there. And they were lifelong buddies. And I said, Jason, yell at him. Look at me. Kid looks up. What? What? Because he recognized his voice. And he's a spirit man. Well, the kid's a spirit person, so it was easy communication. And I said to Jason, and then I said to the boy, he doesn't need to be here anymore. He can go with you. Isn't that going to be fun? And the kid looked at me, and all of a sudden he was dressed in different clothing. Just like that. Like he visioned himself before he killed himself. He was clean. And it's not like he was happy, but he was, oh my gosh, look at Jason's here. That's his buddy. That's why he killed himself. Ugh, another one of those moments. Ugh, catch my breath. Um, so I have this all written up. And it took hours, everybody, because I'm a neat freak. Everything has to be punctuated just fine. Um, turned to Jason, asked him to move closer and to call him. Um, and then I said, you don't have to stay here. Jason wants to take you somewhere where you can be happy together. The teen finished putting his pants. He was finished by the time I, we were saying that. So I didn't even see him put him on as much as they just materialized to be on. Now, visualize as I come in the door, I took a right. The house is small. And North Highlands, California is a military area. So when these houses are built, they were built small for the military people. And so as the uh, community grew in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, then they put them on the base. So these homes were, I suspect, were military. And they're all kind of small. This was probably 800 square feet, 900 at the most. And so we walk in, get to the hallway, and we're in the bedroom. And Jason's at the door jam. And the next thing I know is I see the boy here, and all of a sudden I saw this blur. <laughs> Go to Jason. And I look at Jason as the blur hits him. He just goes like that. And I thought to myself, remember, it's the first time I actually saw this. And I thought to myself, huh, they didn't walk. Did they fly? How did they get from there to there? And I didn't see that. So I had to think about it. And I thought, I wondered if somehow just an act of movement, that vibration was more than the humanist of my eyes could understand. Very possible. How many times have I seen, except for that man in Hornbrook, he had a long leg, he was lumbering on the road. But the excitement of the boys being together made me wonder the act of passing into the next realm speeded them up. 
Okay, so I'm I'm yelling at this point with Sue. Sue, look at they're moving, they're moving, and Sue says, "Where? Where?" I kept telling you she's a big girl, five ten, you know, larger lady, and we were just like, "Let's get out of here!" And so I get into the hallway, and I take immediate right, and so I'm hugging this wall, and Susan passes through the doorway to the other side. Okay, so follow me on this, and as we're walking, it's getting. Remember I said walk through a spare person like thicker jello? We were feeling thicker jello. It was invisible, but her eyes got bigger soft, so did mine, I tell you. This was like amazing to me. And I'm gonna write a whole book about this stuff. <laughs> so we got to and both our hands were up. Remember, I'm five five-ish, and my hands are up, and I'm feeling where it gets so dense that I can't move anymore. Now I'm in the business. I think about this all the time. I'm manipulating my energy field, my life force to read people, clear across the country, clear across the world, always, always, always. So even in 92, I had been doing readings almost every day, every weekend, psychic fairs, Friday nights, 30 to 40 people, always, always, always. So I knew how to do this, but and it was natural for me. Sue was also very, very gifted. And she and I could feel this and her hand was up. Remember her son had passed away. So this was also her introduction to the phenomena of the portal. And what I'm trying to show and tell you is this is amazing. And I, I get emotional. It's exciting to think this is possible. You imagine what I go through. Like, oh, my gosh, it must be nuts. Look what I just said. Uh, the spirit person says he he's missing his rhubarb pie. I don't even know what rhubarb is, let alone a pie. I don't eat pie anyway. And they say, oh, that was his favorite pie. Thank you very much. And I go, where did that come from? You know, it's like craziness. So I'm I'm also going, I want to know more. I want to know what's this feel like, right? And Sue is matching me, and we're going closer. And she's tall, 5'10". So she reaches up, and she finds the top of it. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm finding the top. And I'm going, oh, really? Let's find the side. By this time, we're one step into the front room, and we have all access. And we put our hands to the edges. Now we're getting spooky. So now we have found that inner tube, as in Skywalker Ranch, as in um, Stargate, and everybody sees that tunnel going so there is an edge. There has to be a, a place where it starts. Well, with the investigating wise, Murphy's Hotel, the main ballroom there. Um, I can't you, honey. Well, Back up a little my, bit. My, my investigators were in there. And uh, they reported. And I, I think, I also think these portals will let off EMF. High EMF rates. And the report was they were chasing around a three foot tall by maybe two feet across EMF bubble through the ballroom at Murphy, you know, at the Murphy's Hotel. And they, and they, and they spent like 15 minutes. They would, they would move, yeah, they would move. But there's video of them tracing it. And saying, okay, the you're you're right a here. little close to the microphone, honey. I, I'm having trouble oh. understanding. I know, I'm sorry. I'm like getting old. Me too. But they would say the edges are here, and so, so they would trace it on the camera, sure. And yeah, they were moving yeah. around. It took like 15 minutes to chase this thing, but it was moving well, around. Okay, so I want to I want to go to a place. I want to remind you um, that she could reach up six foot, and so we touch this. 
and it did take if i remember right i put it on here 20 minutes and and what happened was thick and and remember she's bigger she, she could get really good feel of it remember her son is dead and so she's also experiencing this amazing phenomena and after about 20 minutes we felt that it was dissipating because they had already gone through now i want to remind you of the movie ghost patrick swayze oh my gosh right and uh quite a heartthrob when that movie came out tell you so immediately he gets right in the mix beginning of the movie he gets killed shot he gets shot first and then um debbie uh denny moore is is his girlfriend and she takes him to the hospital and while they're in what i would call an emergency room environment and each of the um instead of a curtain like in emergency rooms you see on tv there was glass walls and they had this gentleman on a board kind of at a slant. I'm not sure they were trying to save his life. I've never seen people in an emergency room where the people aren't flat on flat. But this gentleman was at an angle and he was dying. And so the next scene is a light shines on him and his spirit is leaving his body immediately breaking up. And I thought to myself, hmm, okay, when did that movie come out, everybody? Quite a while back. Anybody have any idea? I can't see the chat room, but it was similar. He was breaking up to enter the portal or the right. impression of it. So my feeling is the vibration, pardon me, the uh, vibration of the portal changes how we see the soul, but the soul is fine. Because at the end of the movie, Patrick Swayze kisses Demi Moore. I love you, darling. And she says, I'll wait, I'll, I'll be seeing you soon. Because he says, live your life. And he's, you know, she says, no, I'll never marry. And there's all these tears. And I just cried like a weeping woman would. And he's kissing her. And he turns around and he sees family reading him. And there's no portal, but there had to be a portal. So he, as he got up and left her space, he entered their space. And his coloring changed. It was kind of like he started to get gray and gray and gray. That's because the distance between kissing her, turning around, entering something, because it looked like it would be a portal to me, but to the audience, it was just a um, a wall that he entered into another room, but mm -hmm. he looked different. And everybody was standing further, I'm waving here, further down away, and they looked like they were shadows of his family, but he could see them. Same principle, like he entered a different space and looked different. So with this man in the ER in the movie Ghost, somehow his spirit's moving. And I think the portal was probably very close. And so I feel like sometimes it seems like it's further away. Why? I don't know. Why is it right on top of the man who died in the hospital? I don't know. Wish I did. Glad I don't. People ask me a question. I says, I'm so glad I don't know everything. I'm still yeah. learning after 33 years. Thank goodness. But that's a good example, both of them, on how perception is. Now, which is crazy because I do think they had intuitives or mediums like me on the show because... I will be when Patrick Swayze steps into her has happened to me. It's called transfiguration. And it does feel like poof. And I don't like it. I've done it three times where people could see them over me and I put it into it very early. Um, I just like my own space. I don't want to share with my anybody. I'd rather have you sat there and give me a message versus in here. Um, and I could do a whole show on that. So if you want me to talk about that, it's fine. I don't particularly like it. But that's what happened to her transfigurations. When someone steps into you and it feels like 
well, you don't have enough space. You got two people and you're wearing um, a tight skin of a human. It's like a wetsuit type of thing. So in the movie, they have some very good um, information. So anyway, um, let's say Patrick, I did talk about, remember the movie Ghost when Patrick follows his girlfriend to the yeah, hospital, right. another man. Uh, Deborah Stevenson says, amazing. Uh, recently, my son's father visited me a week before his death and also after he died. His last visit was a week ago. He appeared in my ring camera while it was charging. The lens was facing down. Wow. Your dad? Your dad? Uh, her son's father. Her son's father. Chris, okay. Mm-hmm. That is Yeah, cool. sometimes we see better through a camera. It's like when the ghost shows and they have the little handheld, you know, Record. Right. Following this young man, um, he he takes his camera uh, recorder into cemetery fields. I think it's um, three brothers, African American kids, um, and this young man. He's so fun. I like watch listening to him, and he'll pick up uh, conversation in the cemetery. Which you know, sometimes I wonder why would you hang around your cemetery? Yet, I told Shara when I was doing the ten minute tours, the same drunk man was sitting on this. <laughs> on a wall, half wall, waiting for his wife and daughter to show up. Well, honey, they've been gone a hundred years also. So I always kind of wondered about that. But anyway, okay. Um, so I did say, I feel like some of the portals were really close. And that's why the gentleman hospital ER with Patrick Swayze, he immediately broke up and went right into the afterlife. And in the movie, it shows an environment where he's headed, which is only three, four feet away from his body of the brightness of the afterlife. So clearly um, he was. Sylvia Brown uh, in her books said that the afterlife was about three feet away from us. Remember, I saw the portal and it was at least 15 feet from where the boy killed well, himself. So I that's think, not I true. I think it vary. I think it, it can vary. It has to vary because I've seen it that way. I, in the yeah. movie, I do see it happening. Um, when people die, I saw a man put above his body and he wasn't going anywhere because he didn't want to. And his wife was. I would tell her, she said, you know, I had a feeling he wasn't leaving. If you go in there and tell him, get out of here, you can, you can leave. And so relative had to come and wake him up because he's kind of slumbering. And then they left out of the room. So that portal wasn't there. So it comes like how many ways? I, mm -hmm. I should do a book on just how many times I've seen it so many different ways. Um, uh, okay, so I did mention how we are not saving this, let's say, um, I want to get back. To, I don't want to miss anything here because I get off track and talk about all kinds of things. As in the visual, we determine what happened, like entering a black hole, um, saving the portal is a black hole. So I'm not saying that what the, appears to me to be the portal to the afterlife is a black hole or wormhole. But there's enough coincidences that made me wonder, do we transverse through this levels of the afterlife to get to where we're going? Remember I told you about the movie Dune with the spice creatures would fold time. I'd love that. I love the idea. Um, also, a couple of weeks back, I spoke of vibration, each of us on spiritual growth. I mentioned that, that will enter a different level, like in the movie, What Dreams May Come. He looked for his wife. The journey to find his wife, I've never seen any of that. But capturing uh, the moment he found his wife when she was in what we call a frozen environment. Absolutely. Uh, Dante's uh, Inferno, the levels of heaven to hell. I do believe it's, that's what it looks like. Hell is a frozen environment of non-emotion and remorse. Okay. And I imagine we could spend an hour talking about people of history that belong down there and they probably are. 
Because as long as we think of somebody in a negative black way, that keeps them also because they can feel our energy directed to them. Um, okay. Um, what we perceive, uh, the teen and Jason entered the portal, it took about 20 minutes and it dissipated after about 20 minutes. And if so, we could then push through it. So it's not going to stay. But I, I, I would say, because I don't know everything, thank goodness, that portals can be really long and whip around neighborhoods. I have no idea. I think that we could be walking through people as well as uh, transversal wormholes that we can't see. Uh, I do believe in the ley lines being uh, magnetized uh, uh, around the planet. Yes, I think the aliens follow those magnetized ley lines. Absolutely. Um, all the major um, current py uh, pyramids and all the major things going around the planet, they're all by ley line identification. It's really crazy. My impression on the other side is it's very quiet as if the team would need to shut down time to recover and open with how life ended. So I believe the team, because he was an innocent, but killed himself. I'm not positive. I know where that team ultimately ended up, but Jason was with him. What that tells me is he wasn't going to the lowest level, like in dreams may come and the woman who saw herself in a black house, that there would be a place where they could recover. My first instinct was and is today that they went rollerblading or whatever was popular at the time. Um, I can't even remember what sports like. Um, I don't think they had boards with wheels on it. They probably had regular roller skates. It seemed like they went sporting. Like Jason was going to have fun with him. And you can do that on the earth plane. You don't have to go to an alternate universe. All you have to do is really wake up be fully conscious of what happened and then give yourself time to recover. What I heard later on was that Sue part um, gave all this information to the woman and the woman did believe everything we were talking about. And that's very hard because the woman lost her child, but so did Sue. And in the big scope of the universe life, we go to a place of wondering how come in this tight, very tiny family, I tell people I have this many, this many relatives and you think, well, I have 20, 30, 40 people in my family. Sue did not. She's an only child, had an only child who got killed. And so did the woman. So there might have been only four of them. And so each woman lost a child. I, I It's just amazing to me. I hate hearing that because I get all emotional. I try not. I try to hold myself together when I'm doing readings. But afterward, I get very upset because if I'm not what I would call a cool personality at the time of the session, if I get wrapped up in the emotional of what you go through, then it, unfortunately I get caught up and I can't get there. So if I sound indifferent, I'll say to people, Shh, wait a minute, let me get it. Oh, I'm on the thread. Don't interrupt me. They could be crying or carrying on. If that's so, then sometimes I have to leap over this situation to read the other side. But I have to keep my cool. And what I say to people, I have to allow you to have picked the body for this lifetime. And that the experiences that this life will give you is the reason you picked it. I don't like death. I lost my father when I was six. And that was the first experience of me seeing a spirit person. My father would show up and visit at night and I'd go tell his mother. And somewhere in all the inherited stuff, there's a real to real me telling her at six years old what daddy was telling me. And I remember looking at him thinking, you look different. <laughs> I was six years old. I didn't know anything. So um, what I'm get off track so easily. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, so in some ways, I have to keep 
a cool personality. And I call the word, I have to disassociate your story and mine. I have to allow you to live your life. Even if you say to me, oh, Nancy, my life is terrible, terrible, terrible. Well, of course I would like to ask you, why did you pick it then? You know, next time, Char and I, we're gonna, we're gonna pick lives where we're healthier. And we talked last week about people who do this and how unfortunately there's a lot of illness, like autoimmune condition. Is it because I work so much? I wish I were wealthy. It's family, friends, Char, everybody call me up for advice. It's not like I'm making money every day, but it's everything else. We give our time. I always give time to murders, uh, lost children. If I get lost animals a lot, um, uh, attachments. I'm writing a book with Karen Rothstein and we have 38, accounting the one that Char just gave me the other day of an attachment. We're going to put it together. And so I'm, we do a lot of that. I don't get paid for a lot of things I do. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, if you call me up, I'm going to charge you. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating. I encourage everybody to take classes. Char takes the teaches a beginner's um, meditation, beginner's psyche class, whatever you can go. And I always encourage people to read everything that people have written. I have a book I wrote in 94 about what I do. Uh, Two Worlds, Char will show at the end. And it gives you a really good foundation also of what's possible. I walked in here in 90, not knowing anything about this. I had seen a demonstration of spiritual church in Auburn, but it was very brief and I was intrigued, but I wrote it off. I think it was, I left Auburn working up there in um, 80, 89. Yeah. So it was right. So before 89, before I got into this, and then I got in this, like the universe said, let her see this, not get scared, because we're going to put her on the path. And um, I have not regretted service to others, especially the death, dying, recovery. Uh, I went through hospice twice. Um, I do it differently. Kaiser, I I would encourage you to take hospice. Okay. Kaiser was different because they looked down on me. Oh, you're a what? And they didn't. I didn't get treated very well because they had nurses that would follow the program like this, right? Even drugged up. Ugh. But I took it from Paul Scroll S C H R O L L out of Roseville. He's a, a minister, and that was a hospital program. Uh, I've taken other um, courses online, so it's always there. But being a natural like I am, um, I just see it differently. And one of my favorite stories, and I'll tell you really quick, is a little lady, a little African girl, and I think she was in the mid-90s. Yeah, there was a couple in there. Um, anyway, she, she and I had been talking. Yeah, that's right. That was <laughs> About the same time, I had a whole bunch of people passing away calling me up. And she called me to the hospital, and I walked in, and I just loved her. She was just darling, darling, and I'm sorry she was dying, you know. But I walked in, and her grandmother was standing there. I go, oh, hi. And she was looking at me, and was like, who are you looking at? And I walked over to her left. Grandma was on her right side of the bed, and, of course, the hospital beds are long and narrow. And imagine if there's a hospice person in there, a nurse, they go, don't let that crazy woman in there. And I was walking in. I wasn't going to care, right? And the woman, the grandma was standing there, this skinny little woman. She had a handful, big fistful of pink ribbons. And they were just streaming down. I've never seen anything like that before. 
And this little African girl, she, I told her, she started crying. She said, oh, I know what that means. I go, well, tell me. She says, when I was a child, my grandma would put pigtails all over my head, and she would put pink ribbons, and they would fall down just like long hair. What a wonderful story. She died a couple days later. And I, I've forgotten her name now. I have a lot of stories like that. Lovely. And I do believe, and I, I kind of got in trouble on this one. There was a girl dying of brain cancer. And I can't remember her name. I think maybe it was Linda. I can't remember. Um, and the nurses were telling me, don't tell her she's not going to die. And I told somebody, I says, I can only tell them what they want to hear. I can't make anything up. But I can't go in there and say, you're going to die in a few days. Why don't you believe that? If that is too big for that person to get, I'd rather not them know. Haven't you heard of people say, if I'm going to die, you don't tell me. I just want to live every day and check out. Right? Mm -hmm. And then those people have to plan it all out. I want to, I'm going to die. I'm going to have this, 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 and this. There's some people who can't deal with it. So to keep them emotionally healthy, when I went in to talk to her, I, I couldn't get it. And there was a woman who was dying of emphysema, uh, South Lake Tahoe. And I talked to her and I saw all this story coming involving around her. And I thought, why am I seeing her, this dog and everything? Well, I think afterward, I realized it might have been the afterlife. And she had like 50% breathing and it went down to nothing. She died. She came to visit me. Hello. Goodbye. Her name was Nancy. So I have a lot of these kinds of stories and every one of us dies in our own way. All of us die in the vibration that we need to be. And that sets us up for the afterlife and where you want to go. People who will greet us usually isn't who you think it's going to be. I've asked my dad to show up, but I forgot what he looks like. I have pictures. I see my mother and I was talking to a friend and she says, oh, I see you riding a horse with a big black dog. I used to race horses ride horses a lot and black lab that was with me bonnie always ran with me not on the horses i i was a foot runner and bonnie the dog you don't want to hear that story <laughs> named bonnie she would see me with my little itty bitty walk at running shorts on and she'd go get caesar next door and they would come down the hill and we would take off and run 10 15 20 miles and come back and it was some of the best memories of my life and guess who's going to greet me a big black dog <laughs> who knew and you would think you would have all this family and all this wonderful thing it's carol's husband died uh she calls me up and it was kind of crazy because um i helped her through a divorce and i helped her recovery and then one day i says oh man showing up it looks like this he did and then she married him and then he died <laughs> Why he was hunting. Damn, excuse me, right? And so I didn't know that. I knew he died, but I didn't really get all the particulars. So he says, well, who greeted him? And I saw this visual and I couldn't figure it out. And I saw three men with a fix. And then I saw all these big animals. And she says, oh, those are his three buddies that have passed away before him. And those are deer you're seeing. The deer with the man's and the rifles all showed up to give him a welcome. Doesn't mean the deer who said, listen, guy, you the one that shot me. <laughs> no, they were just representation of these guys are going to get together and have a beer after the afterlife if they could drink. 
they were there to greet his, their buddy. So sometimes we think we know what life's about. There's no way I can make this stuff up. It's, it's exciting. It's confusing. But if I could give you anything, I tell my ladies, and especially once they're dating, that we don't know who we are as human beings. Oops, Char, you have a class of eight? Nope, I have nothing. Okay. We, we need Probably. to know who we are. I say, who are you? You make your last, what, who are you as people? What is your hopes, wishes, wants, and desires? Someone asked me, well, Nancy, when are you going to retire? And I have found out if you retire early, you need to go back to work. If you retire later, what's going to occupy you? And I thought to myself, well, if I retire, I'm going to write my books and do <laughs> I thought to myself, well, I'll work until I can't talk anymore because this is passion of my life. Who knew? Who knew it would be? Yes, I have a husband I spend time with, right? But I would encourage service to others, find that passion, be happy because the happier you are in this life, you have a greater and happier rewarding afterlife because the turmoil of this life can hold you back for how long? Uh, a woman, um, oh, I forgot her name, in Auburn, California, took care of her 95-year-old mother-in-law. Got her name. Darn. I, unusual name. I forgot. Anyway, so the 95-year-old died in her bedroom at night. I knew that. And she says, what's my mother? And they were like family. Mother-in-law was her mother. And I was shown a, a woman on a pedestal. And there was all these never-been-born um, spirits. And they're kind of like um, bean-shaped, like a um, coffee bean shape. No, mm -hmm. um, not coffee bean. Um, like that shape. Like a u-shape and these have never been born and they're caretakers and so they just hover around people who are doing something they don't be bothered so i saw this woman in a bed with a purple satiny uh, bedspread on her and the woman that talked to me was a kind of an um, angel being right and so <laughs> she turned to me and she said um tell her that the mother wants to sleep for a hundred years she's tired Okay. And I said, I turned to her and I said, your mother-in-law, uh, mom, is so tired that she wants to sleep for a hundred years. And she took her bedspread with her and it's a purple satin bedspread. And of course, the woman yanked me up and she says, let me show you her bedspread. It was purple satin bedspread. She took it to the afterlife with her. Now, what vibration is that? Well, the woman was tuckered out. Can you imagine living 95 years? So, yeah, I would love it. Maybe I'll finish all these books I got planned. But the <laughs> vibration of her was tired. So she, in her mind, thinks she'll live, sleep 100 years. Well, the afterlife, what's 100 years? I mean, their, their time is all screwed to us, right? Mm -hmm. So as you plan your life and as you live, so will your afterlife be until you decide to come back. Now, I encourage people. I had no belief in this. I had none. Uh, Catholic background. You know, so I married a Catholic, big Catholic mass wedding, and I had to get used to the idea that we prayed to the priest, pray to God, and obviously when spirit people walk in, we're supposed to be buried in the ground, right? And I remember thinking, I've been seeing all these people, I don't understand what's going on, right? And so I, uh, <laughs> that's probably not very nice for me to say. So after we got married about a year or so, my husband said, um, my first husband that is, I don't want to go to Catholic church, that was what my father wanted us to do, and I just seemed not do that. So. We didn't go anymore and it didn't fit with what I 
could see and understand. And I'm going to get in trouble. Everybody's Catholic in here say, well, yeah, we prayed to the priest, prayed to the God. Why can't we just go direct, right? So I, I over the years, have kind of redesigned how I think and not to insult each culture. <laughs> so the happier you are and fulfill your hip, put a list of who you are, what you're missing, wishes, hopes, wants, and desires, and make a list. And if you can't travel to Europe, read up on it, get every video. So I have a treadmill out there with a DVD player, right? And I went and purchased, I can't, I don't know if you can see the top shelf right there. Top shelf, there's DVDs from around the world walking and riding bike. I get to visit the whole world. Why I don't have to travel, I get too seasick. So I do things and I listen, I watch travel shows and the um, history station. Um, amazing, amazing that you can see around the world. My, I have a 50 inch TV. I'm kind of far from it. But in my way, that is fulfilling my desire for travel, which I can't do. So find out who you are and what's missing. And even if you can't do it on a big scale, do it on a small scale. Don't leave with regrets. That's the biggest thing. More people tell me, and I've read, that the last word someone says, I wish I'd done. I wish I had. I, I don't even know what I would say. Because I am doing what I love. And, and I'm 75. So as long as I can continue talking, Char and I talk about lose my voice. She's called me up when I'm so tired I can't talk. Mm-hmm. You know, but I've kept you long enough. I'm so sorry. I get. Can you tell this is one of my favorite areas of expertise, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. right, not the only thing I do, but it's it's something that I um. I'm just quirky enough. This is what I do, which got me into this, and and um, and I've I've enjoyed all you kids in the chat room. Now I can see the comments. I don't know how many people we had come in, but um. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, thumbs up for me and Char, because that puts her in a better, um, what they call it? Char one. Algorithm. Algorithm. Char is always telling me, now, Nancy, this is what I got last night. And this is what, and I, it's like going over my head. I'm trying to learn how to do a video now. For, I have three books. I need to put a video out. And then the eight coming up, I want to get the Kava and I have to relearn a program all over again so I can get these little videos. Just when you get it down, just when you get it down, TikTok will like revamp something like like the last live I did and uh, to like set up a little gift goal thing, you know, at, at the top. You can't do that anymore. Suddenly they moved it. And I thought, well, where the hell is this? You're going to go everybody's head, honey. This just say TikTok sucks, right? Okay. You know this, is, this is this is one of my favorite things. Just when you think you can make ends meet, somebody moves the edge. We'll just leave it like that. Um, that's I apologize if I talk too quick. And um, the movie Ghost came out in 1990. Okay. Um, all right, I can't read all these. I read them later, everybody. That was a great movie. Um, <laughs> it was. There's a lot of good movies I mentioned tonight. What dreams may come is amazing, everybody. It is a. It get your Kleenex with you when you sit down to watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now I have to say, and there's a couple of scenes. Like I said, I think they did have an intuitive, and the movie Ghost they had intuitive because some of the things that they showed, the celestial city, 
I see it as white, like glass or marble. When I put my mind to people who are there and they tell me this is where I am, it looks like biggest, tallest ceilings and 20 foot tall ceilings walking around. So there is something. But I also, Char and I talked the other night about um, the phenomena of creating um, spirits. Um, like if you and a group of people say, I'm going to create a spirit. I want to walk around that castle over there. It's going to look like this. Well, if you think about hard enough, you're going to create that. So I think in the city, we all create the visual and everybody that comes continues to create the visual. Uh, there, I have never seen a hell. Um, maybe I'm not supposed to, but I've also never seen a demon. I see right. spirits that have become insane and they look like, what? who is it that I always tell you, um, the Munster family, the guy that answered the front door, some, well, at yeah. some point, yeah. lurch, they, they look like and they start turning into ugly things and sometimes they forget their body so you see the upper half of the bottom half or something it's kind of crazy so i've never seen hell and i've never seen demons and a lot of people want to argue with me but i can't help it if i don't see it i don't see it Absolutely. okay that's I'm just it thinking too, when we're talking about people that consultants even poltergeist you know like i said in the beginning of the show because when you talk about that being like a jello substance on the other side there when they pull Carol Ann back, or when the object oh, is yeah. out, it's all Ultra covered guys. in jello. Yeah, it's covered in jello jello. Because that's why they have the warm bath water to, to wash all that off. So, you know, somebody was consulting on these pills. The well, with that, also. Yeah, you some know. of it, I, mean, I hadn't thought about uh talking about the Poltergeist movie. I have to think through everything that was in that. Mm -hmm. um, the demon, of course, I'd never seen anything like that, but yet, if you're in hell, how, how would you want to see yourself? But I've never been able to see that come through this side because you're in, remember um, Dante's Inferno, yeah. the picture of the level that he was talking about, they're frozen in ice, they're frozen. And sometimes we're in such dismay, people depress, what they do? They freeze, they go to bed, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they curl up on the couch, they bury themselves in ice cream and blankets or chocolates or something. People depressed, they mm -hmm. don't move about. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I see people when they're stuck. They don't yeah. move a lot. How about the movie called Ghost? Uh, ben Casey's um, brother, I always forget his name. He dies and he stays in the house. He puts a sheet over his head. Warwick, it won Academy Awards. I, I saw it and didn't know if it was worth Academy Award. But uh, Ben Affleck's brother is Casey. Yeah. You see, yeah. Affleck. Yeah, he yeah. played that role, and what was it? he was stuck, and so he yeah. froze. He stayed in the same place. After a while, when he started waking up and realizing he could move on, that's when he got a little frustrated with him. But mm -hmm. people get frozen, and that's how I see people in hell. Okay, everybody. Okay, that was fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Okay, Too so uh, Sunday uh, we will have a new book. We're going to be starting. It's the second book in the series of Omnipresent by Lynn Monet. Uh, we read that, and that was the book. Uh, her book is the one about the she, she's a single mother buys this nice new this nice house for her family. They never really move in because there was all kinds of not so great stuff going on in this house. So she sold it. So now Omnipresent is the second part of that. She ends up selling the house, and you know whatever happens afterwards is what that the next book is focusing on. So that'll be Sunday at six p.m. Pacific. Monday, we're going to be talking with our old friend Jeffrey Seelman, 
he's going to come back and talk with us about demons and dark forces. So he'll be back with us on Monday. Yeah, demons. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he is a demon fighter. So yeah. So he is, uh, he, he's going to be with us on Monday. So we got a full week of shows next week. And then Nancy and I are going to, uh, I can't wait to get my hat. Well, I, I have photos of the UFO. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig in. We're going to take a night sure talk about UFOs. So you got to watch your one. schedule. Yeah, so watch your schedule, and uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and we'll probably have another show on the opioid crisis. Um, I'm, I'm seeing things, and it's getting really alarming right now that uh, the people in this area, the doctors in Northern California, I mean, not the doctors, but the pharmacists in Northern California no longer have any opioids to give to patients. It's really hard. One individual, I haven't seen really seen anybody else talk about it, but one individual said it was with Walgreens, which I'm with right now, said none of the Walgreens in Sacramento have it. So she had to get it from Rockland. It's really, it's really an interesting show. She and Karen talk yeah. about, um, Onishar and, and Karen can talk to you about what's going on in their lives, but us intuitive people, we get banged up pretty good in life. I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. So there's luckily I don't have the pain that they're suffering from. Um, well, what I don't understand, and I'm going to just bring that up. Um, I was reading a couple articles about this, just recent articles, and it's not the CDC that's causing this; it is the DEA that's involved mm -hmm, in cutting mm -hmm. down the, the medications. And their attitude is, well, we're taking a wait, wait and see attitude to see how things how, how things shape out. And in the meantime, there's people that aren't getting there's thousands and thousands that are getting their proper payments it's a mess you know and it's a mess they gotta stop it somehow but how, how do you stop the dea but anyway on a happier note sunday i will be reading from limonet's omnipresent too and then monday jeffrey steelman will be with us to talk about demonic forces and dark things and all things that go bump in the night yeah 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 <laughs> they won't say <laughs> <laughs> so we're having fun with that stuff. The bug guy, uh, I mean, why don't you get the, the man that cooks bugs? He's got a big factory that sells them, edible bugs. So he's going to be coming on the next couple weeks. And a quick FYI on, let's see, on Wednesday, Larry, uh, what is this? My, my mind's like I'm tired. But we're going to be talking about spontaneous human combustion on Wednesday. Oh, that's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. There's actually a couple people I've read up on. A woman was crossing the street and she caught on yeah. fire. Yeah. That's a very interesting story. And they have discovered that if you're taking particular medicines and alcohol, yeah, guess what, everybody? <laughs> along that line, are people that drink a lot of coffee because coffee drinkers have caught fire. But, that, but there's kind of a, a thing to that because when that big dragon thing they used in Fantasmic at Disneyland caught fire, they now use like lighter fluid in it. But I found out early on because they have accidents with it anyway. Because I, I knew someone that worked on the original that they were using um, coffee mate because it's highly flammable. Coffee mate to set the thing yeah, to, to make the flames come out of his mouth. Does coffee mate the stuff you put in your coffee? Yes, yes. That's why when you read some of these reports of spontaneous human combustion, it talks about people that drink coffee with, with coffee mate. <laughs> they burn. Well, I'm glad and, I drink and when I, Yeah, and when I saw that about the dragon, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. 
coffee. And I'm starting to lose my voice, but I do enjoy my coffee with creamer in it. But I, you know, I was shocked when when he wrote me that he went, "Yeah, we used to use coffee made in there to 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 make it bleed fire." I almost didn't understand you. That you like for coffee? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, coffee. These wonderful stories. I have. All right, kid. Let's close it up. All right. So let's uh, give you Nancy's information and all that stuff. I will see you guys on Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific. And uh, yeah, be on the lookout tonight because I will have all the lineup for the shows coming out. So you guys can plan on which ones you want to see on. And Bender is going to be with us on Thursday. Uh, and again, uh, Larry Arnold, that's the guy's name, is going to be with us on Tuesday. And uh, <coughs> Monday, of course, we got the demonologist. And then Tuesday is another show. I got to remember who the heck it is. <laughs> Wait a bit. Yeah. Or Tuesday is Larry Arnold. I'm sorry. And then Monday, I'm confused. The day's got, somehow all the days got flipped. All right. I got so many people. Oh, yeah. Monday's show is going to be at noon, too. Okay. I'm going to let you guys know because the gentleman is in Paris right now. So we're going to be, we're going to be dialing up Paris on Monday. Okay. So, back, hang on, guys. Give me a second. Let me, let, let me straighten this out in my, my own mind. Otherwise, it'll be bothering me that I gave you guys wrong info. So, uh, Monday. We're looking at all right september 11th we are looking at yeah mr seelman at 7 p.m pacific september 12th i don't see anybody but i know there's somebody going ah there it is paul sinclair is going to be with us um i think he's the one yeah he's the one that's in france so he will be coming live from france and that's going to be the new show it's wednesday we have Larry Arnold, spontaneous human combustion. And Thursday is Ann Bender. And Friday, of course, is Nancy. So we got a nice full week of people coming up. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. So I, okay. So I will see you guys Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Here's Nancy's information. Okay. Websites, nancymats.com, all lowercase. NancyMatsAwesome.com. The N is capitalized, the M is capitalized, and the A is capitalized. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Nancy Mats. Help get me out of this funk, Nancy Mats. Two worlds developing your psychic skills, Nancy Mats. And the unwilling sacrifice, Nancy Matz. And of course, you can get those books at Amazon.com. Hey, y'all, I'll see you Sunday. Have a great evening. Bye. Good night, everybody.